Hey Hothheads, it's Ian, and I wanted to take a minute to talk to you about the Kessel Toy Run. We all remember what it was like getting that awesome new Star Wars toy for the holidays, and now is your chance to give a child that same experience. Join the Force and donate a new Star Wars gift to a hospitalized child unable to spend the holidays at home. Going on now until December 20th, your toy donation will be delivered to one of three Southern California hospitals by staff, the Rogue Rebels, and Saber Guild Temple Prime. For more information and a link to their Amazon registry, check out their Twitter, at The Kessel Toy Run. You can also send them an email at thekesseltoyrun at gmail.com. Happy Holidays, and may the Force be with you. Tonight, piracy in the galaxy seems to be at an all-time high. Are these ruffians getting a leg up on authorities by using old Imperial surplus weapons and armor? We tell you in a special report coming up. And we hear from the unknown Ugnaught as she looks into reports of charitable First Order fuel donations to those in need and unreached by the Republic. I don't know about you, Ann, but it's nice to see some good from those First Order. Why is the Ugnaught unknown? Welcome back, you... Did you forget to write something for that part? Yeah, I did. Oh, that's embarrassing. Yep. Welcome back, you, (laughs) to another episode of Hot Topics, a podcast about Star Wars. I am a patron at Aunt Z's, Ian, and joining me this week, as he does almost all weeks, is an ace pilot hopeful, John. John, how you doing? Doing all right. So, John... It's our fourth time trying to record this in two days, so let's uh, let's cross our fingers on this one. It's a, is it her fourth? I don't know. It seems like it's the fourth. It's it's only been two one days. One time we forgot to turn the microphones on, the other time we forgot to use a computer. That's just been painful. I, I don't think we're that dumb. Are we? I don't know. We might be. But we are here to talk about Star Wars, and this episode in particular, we are talking about Star Wars Resistance, the next three episodes. So, John... Are you excited? As much as one can be. One can be pretty excited. Like me. And you know who else is excited? I wanted to bring this up before we dived into the full-on episode evaluation and talking about those. Is it is it Director Krennic? No. Uh, Did I miss some sort of news about Director Krennic? No, there's just a 12-inch action figure staring at you from three feet away. He's actually kind of staring into the middle distance. That's That's what Mindo do, though. Yeah, he's uh he's doing it. He's doing he's doing his Mendo thing. Who's, who's excited, Ian? Well, we watched the Star Wars show where they had Donald Faison on, and we also have followed at least I've followed uh, Christopher Sean, the voice actor for Kaz, on Twitter. And one thing that I really enjoyed about both of those things is just seeing how excited they are about being part of Star Wars, mm. and. That's something that I really enjoy seeing in people who come onto these projects and when, you know, they get to, they get to be in a Star War, you know, and it's just super exciting. And they have this, like, they bring this sort of joy up about that and it makes me more excited about seeing them in whatever Star Wars project it is. So I, I, it put me, put me in a pretty good mood. It reminds me of when, uh, that video was was released, uh, when The Force Awakens came out of... John Boyega watching the first trailer for The Force Awakens. And, like, when when he came on screen, 
ignited the lightsaber, how he just was freaking out and super excited about it. That's what it reminds me of. So actors and actresses getting excited about Star Wars. It gets me excited about Star Wars. And really, it got me more excited about Resistance and just, you know, I was already pretty excited about it. But just seeing how much fun these guys are having on the project, it, it makes me happy. Little little bit of little bit of uh, positive jolt there. I can I can dig on that. Can you dig it? Uh, yes, I can dig it. Cool. Trying to think of a some sort of Star Wars thing that digs that I can dig it like. Not to be confused with Diglett, who is a Pokemon's. You you dig it like a what are those what are those world terraformer things? That the Empire used World Devastators. World Devastators. You they dig really it like dig. a world Devastator. They just tear the planet apart with tractor beams. Well, don't you have to dig in order to tear the planet apart? No, you just shoot tractor beams at the surface. It's it's a form of digging. <laughs> you shoot the tractor beam and there's a hole where it used to be. <laughs> do, do exogorths digs? Do exogorths dig? That's no. a good question. Do they? That do... We will not answer today because <laughs> it's not what we're talking about. Do You know what? <laughs> challenge to the listeners do exogorths dig let us know or don't both choices equally good whatever you want to do i'm 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 not your jedi master ian's not your yeah ian's not your dad or your fake space dad like obi-wan even though being obi-wan is rad let's talk about resistance john I want to talk about Obi Wan. <laughs> okay, I want to talk about Obi Wan too, but uh, let's let's talk about Resistance first. What do we got going on? So we we watched the next three episodes in the series uh, this week, and the first one was the High Tower. Now, what 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 stood out to you about this episode, John? You finally get to see a place that isn't a dirty, uh, rundown looking thing in Star Wars. You know, in, in Empire we get we get a little bit of that in Cloud City. In A New Hope we see a little bit of a non blowed up version of a Carillion Corvette. Right. But for the most part, Star Wars is Gritty. dirty and lived in, and which is fine. There's no problem with it. it. Makes Star Wars gives it its character. But it's also interesting to see how the the uh, I guess upper class live like how we, what we'd see in uh in the prequels. Yeah, it's interesting in this context because they they are it is an upper class area, but it is like the upper class of the lower class. Yeah, upper, Does that make sense? upper lower middle class. It's not like the the ridiculous extravagance we see in like Coruscant or Naboo or something like that. But they have servant droids bringing you nuts, and I'm pretty sure those were nuts. Space Ca- nuts. Kaz was all about them nuts. I I don't think Kaz has eaten since the show started. <laughs> that's that's fair. He doesn't have a lot of money. <laughs> so yeah, that that's a that's a good point. It's interesting you mentioned Cloud City too, because I, I, I get a real sort of Cloud City ish vibe from the Colossus in terms of just like a, a self contained town floating mm-hmm. on water instead of in the clouds. So I bet we should probably talk about why uh, we were seeing the inside of the high tower, huh? So in this episode, we're introduced to Hype Phazon, who's one of the Rodian aces, who's one of the platform aces, who is a Rodian, and he used to be friends with Tam. And I thought it was kind of cool that we got a little bit more backstory from Tam. We're getting some character development for her, which is which is nice to see. They used to be friends. 
And Kaz kind of leverages that fact to introduce himself to Hype. Hype gets gets them up into the tower. While this is all happening, we had some First Order shenanigans, didn't we, John? Yes. So there were some, some power outage issues going on on the platform. I thought I thought the platform was a refueling platform. Yeah, so I, I had some confusion about this too, because the way it was being presented in the beginning of the episode is that they were having power outages to cover the arrival of the First Order. Yeah, that's that's what my assumption was too. And then at Because the, they, they have everyone stay inside. Right. Which I was fine with. Like that that's fair enough. It's normal. So the first order arrives and they go up to the tower. Kaz goes up there to do his his resistance spying, finds out that they're there to try to negotiate bringing the Colossus, which to both of our understanding was a refueling station, into the First Order. The head of the Colossus, whose name escapes me... Captain Doza. Captain Doza is playing the neutrality card. The First Order bring him a shipment of fuel as a gift slash bribe bribe and that's the part that's kind of confusing because again i think i figured it out okay what's up i think we'll both feel real dumb we're both gonna feel Um, real dumb it's time for ian and john are dumb gas stations don't drill and mine their own gas they have to get shipments so i'm wondering if this is just it was just cheaper to have a platform on the surface of the planet that just received fuel shipments and then and then sold it out at a higher price or something yeah also, i mean it's, it's a kid's show and they just needed a setup so right at the exactly. same time it's interesting you bring up the the thing about you know it's a kid's show dude uh, i've met kids who are smarter than me like and i i don't know i i feel like sometimes they can find those inconsistencies in storytelling well, this, this was a, a, a thing that didn't make sense to me the second and third time watching through the first time i didn't even right i, I didn't, didn't even, even notice yeah i don't think still in the long run in the long run yeah it doesn't matter but it because, is a because he didn't agree to the plan but they still got fuel niku is pretty hilarious in this episode with the first order landing on the platform he overhears kaz going hey i wonder what they're up to and he just goes and asks just walks right up to them and asks you know what what Hey, first order, my friend wants to know what what you're doing here, <laughs> which immediately put him on the radar of like everybody important. Kaz seemed to be a little smoother this time around when it came to the spying, I thought. What'd you think? No, not at all. No. I mean, he he was clearly visible to these first order troopers multiple times I mean, and was shot at, so he was caught. <laughs> to be fair, not our... not good spying. To be fair, I wrote that note before that part of the <laughs> of the show happened, so it, it was clever of him to put Nico's comlink on the droid serving tray to kind of hear what was going on. Right, but after that, it was just it, it kind of went downhill. Oh yeah, cover blown. I'm gonna get shot out while I jump as I do some platforming. Before he does the platforming, he ends up in uh, Tora's room, and you you your eye caught some some cool background stuff in that room. The only thing I caught was Tora has an Ewok teddy bear. Like a legitimate teddy bear that is an Ewok. Yeah, I'm finding that I spend most of my time looking at the background stuff more than paying attention to the actual show because I kind of want to see like what from other known sources gets gets stuck in there. 
like in Solo, just seeing everything that's in Dryden Voss's office, uh, stuff that isn't even Star Wars that's in there, fertility doll from Indiana Jones mm-hmm. sort of thing. But even, uh, and, and in this show, they're doing a really great job of putting these things in the background, but putting them in the background so as not to draw attention. Right. Unless you are looking for them. Right, like you so, do. Yeah, so before we get to what I saw in Tam's, uh, uh, not Tam. Tora. Thank you. Tora's room. Like, in the bar that Aunt Z works in, I noticed on the wall there's all these, like, uh, I want to say racing trophies, but they are definitely trophy-like displays. Right. Of, like, different equipment. Like, you would see in a sports bar of memorabilia. Sure, yeah, like yeah. There was a whole TIE Fighter Coppola, or windscreen, whatever you want to call it, hanging on the wall. I'm glad which... you said that, because when you said Coppola in the discussion before we recorded, I didn't know what you were talking about. Uh, well, also, it's pronounced Coppola. Coppola is a director. Yes. And, uh, and, uh, <laughs> Maybe you've heard of him, Ian? I, 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 you As know, a film student, have you heard of Francis Ford? F- Ford. Uh, a couple popla? A, a, a couple puff? <laughs> a couple puff. <laughs> so, besides a couple puffs, uh, in, in the bar, you know, there's also a piece of, like, a piece of a ship that had salacious crumb on it. <laughs> or, you know, a Kavokian monkey lizard. Right. The one thing that drew my interest the most was another piece of metal that looked like it had kill marks on it. There were a series of V's pointing into a circle, or like halfway through the circle, like mm-hmm. a, and like I I want to say that that's what Jedi starfighters had as kill markings on their ships, but I also find it weird that anybody that isn't Anakin or maybe like Quinlan Voss would have kill markings on their ships. Yeah, exactly. That was that was going to be my next comment. Like, <laughs> I'm not sure that they would like put kill marks on their ships but so like that kind of stuff is is what's really interesting to me in this episode is all that background stuff so back to torah torah's room torah's room thank you so like ian said there's a ewok plush very visible very like prevalent like on next to her bed which is why i noticed it but also i noticed a couple of other plushes like the whatever species max rebo is it's one of those and there was a plush that looked strangely like et the extraterrestrial, which we all know is are our senators in the Star Wars galaxy, as they had Republic representation. Right. In the was that regular Republic? Was that Phantom Menace no. that they were seeing? It was. Uh, was it... I'm, I'm pretty sure it was Revenge. Revenge. Because yeah. Because I'm pretty sure they were part of the montage of Vote Now. Right. Vote now. Vote now. Misa propose. <laughs> So, <laughs> and then something that I, I, I saw on, on Twitter that, and um, in a few other places that there is a piece of artwork of Sabine's that is her, her Phoenix logo, not the, the Rebel Phoenix um, emblem, but like her actual like painting of a Phoenix. Right. Which is nice to know that they have Earth mythology in their galaxy. Well, I, it's not necessarily like we get we get bits and pieces of that throughout the Star Wars. You know, like I mean, Han Solo have... says, "I'll see you in hell," and then there's uh... DJ says boudoir. Yeah, DJ says boudoir. They have French, so space French, <laughs> also got... known as whatever language the Twi'leks speak, right? Which I believe is space French. Yeah, maybe maybe it's maybe it's just a, a Twi'lek word. <laughs> for boudoir for, for boudoir <laughs> going on so yeah after he, he breaks out of 
Tora's room. I keep wanting to say Dora, but that's not her name. Uh, after she breaks out of uh, Tora's Tora, room, Tora the Ace Explorer. He, he does some fun parkour on a like a three foot wide wide ledge. Yeah, along the uh, along the inside, in, like the inner wall of the uh, of the Colossus, which whilst being shot at. Yeah. By stormtroopers. And th- there were two things that happened during this scene that, that I really enjoy. One thing kind of like is something that Kaz does throughout the whole series is he talks to himself a lot, which is something that I do when I'm by myself, like, all the time. So it just, I enjoy this. I enjoy that he does that. And uh, he does it when he's in panic mode. He does it when he's just hanging out. Like, I, I, I enjoy that he does that. And then the other thing, too, is, like, dodging the lasers and showing, like, the skill and the bravery to do what he's doing to escape those troopers. Mm-hmm. It really reinforces his military background. His military background. And even though he's kind of goofy, like, that goofiness doesn't... It doesn't overwrite his backstory, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm constantly forgetting that he is a trained pilot. Right. In the Republic Navy. I feel like it doesn't betray that, though. Like, he, he he shows signs of being that person in in these, like, sort of stressful moments. So, it's kind of like, it, it there, there are movies and shows out there where, like, you'll get introduced to a character and they're like, Hey, this character is the, the most skilled something or other in the entire whatever. And they're just, they're just not that. Like, nothing about their character says that. And it's something that can take you out of a character and i don't i feel like they've done a good job balancing kaz's awesome factor with his goofy factor okay so i'll see that so he eventually uh gets back to his uh and that's another thing we discover throughout these three episodes is that i i think kaz just sleeps in the garage (laughs) yeah yeah he finally gets back to the garage and passes out with some with some uh with some intel. I think that was about it for the High Tower. Is there anything else uh, that came across your mind uh, during that episode? I like that after he kind of escapes the First Order's troopers, he, well, uh, Tora kind of vouches that, you know, it was just a friend visiting. Mm-hmm. And then Captain Doze is like, hey, First Order guys, like, stop this nonsense. This is my platform. Right. You're, you're guests, and please re- remember that when you're here. Uh, oh, we're also... Is this the first episode with the gold trooper? No. I've forgotten. No, course, that's the next one. Of course, the gold trooper isn't in this episode. I'm thinking of the uh, the, the, the red, red pilot, yeah. Yeah, the red pilot trooper. Who had a name, and I. it's been so long in between watching the first three episodes of Resistance and watching these three episodes of Resistance that I can't remember his name. Yeah, the gold guy comes in in the next episode. But no, I, I agree with you. I think that it, it, it's kind of cool that Doza can maintain this sort of control over the platform. Yeah. Cause I, I think it's, it's a similar thing to uh, how I perceive Tatooine and a new hope is that it's not under Imperial control. Right. Like, I don't think that, I don't think that we're supposed to assume that this is first order territory or new Republic territory. It's, I, I want to say it's like a neutral territory or a neutral sector. It's it's a truck stop in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. and that, that's one of the things in New Hope that like I see a lot of people like the the citizens of Mos Eisley weren't under imperial control. They were they were in hut space, and the huts just kind of tolerate 
yeah. the stormtroopers being there. And that's kind of what we're seeing with Captain Doze. He's tolerating the First Order being there as they right. try to wheel and deal to, to get him get him to join to join up with them. It'll be interesting to see how long he can remain neutral. Right. Because I think knowing knowing the pattern of how Star Wars works, at some point he's either going to straight up tell them to screw off or right. he's going to be killed by somebody and then, you know, Thor is going to take over the platform and openly rebel, this sort of thing. Sure. Sure. Makes sense. Well, I think that brings us to the, the second episode, which is uh, the Children of Tahar. Tahar. I sound... I sound like a pirate when I say that. Hey, the children of Tahar. I'm not getting no. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, children of Tahar. This one opens with Kaz making Tam mad because Kaz broke something. Because Kaz is not an engineer. No. Nor is he a spy. Or he doesn't been know em- his left and right. He, is, he has been employed doing two things that he is not trained for. Tam gets mad, throws some wrenches at him. She's got a pretty good arm. He eventually ends up at Aunt Z's. He overhears that there's a, a bounty on these two children that I think it's 20,000 credits or yeah. something. And he needs the money so to replace this part and also to eat food. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and afford he can't even water. Afford, he can't even afford a whole cup of water. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, uh, Niku, good friend, is there to help him. And Niku, we as we as we know, he he has no problem affording liquids because of the massive jug that he was holding in the. I think it was the episode prior to this. He just he was just drinking from this jug that was like the size of him. I'm choosing uh, to believe that there wasn't anything in it. It's just like a baby. Something. So he doesn't. Just, break anything yeah sort of yeah just sucks on it like and... a safety thing yeah yeah so there's this bounty out for these kids who eventually you know are seen on the platform kaz starts off trying to get the bounty employs niku's friends to help spot the kids niku's friends are these do, do you have the name of that species i wrote it out phonetically but now i'm pretty sure that's wrong huh because it's again we probably should have just pulled it up Eh. Uh, but I have, it, I have it as the Sheladine. Sheladine? 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 Sounds about I, right. I got really confused because when I was reading these notes to you last night, you kept asking me if I meant children. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, no, the turtle folk. Turtle, <laughs> turtles in a half shell. Turtle power. They are turtle people. Uh, they are the engineers of Not the Not that there's anything wrong with turtle people. Why would there be anything wrong with turtle I people? I don't know. You just you made it weird. I made it weird. You made it weird. So what do they do under there? They're they're the engineers. They like keep the station maintenance up. Uh, they're Ugnots. Yeah, they're they're Ugnots. They're the Cloud City Ugnot comparative version people. And they eventually find the kids. Kaz finds the kids, chases after the kids, the kids get away from Kaz. Kaz is called up to uh Captain Doza, who asks him, Hey, what, what, what were you doing? Did you see why, these kids? Why were stormtroopers shooting at you yesterday? Yeah, exactly. Uh, and it, it, it's interesting here because Captain Doza plants the idea in Kaz's head that, hey, you know, why would you, who would put this much money out on kids? Like, you should think about that before you continue to do what you're doing. He plants that seed. But at the same time, he also immediately calls up Captain Phasma and says, Hey, the kids you're looking for, they were spotted here as a token of 
further cooperation. And Captain Phasma dispatches the the Gold Stormy, uh, named Commander Pyre. He's he's a golden colored first order stormtrooper commander. Which I wonder what the significance of the different colored armor is because I'm old and I need things to have a reason behind they look cool. But again, this is a kid show where looking cool is a good enough reason. I'm pretty sure it's just to distinguish him from the other stormtroopers. Yeah, but I mean, the Empire did that by giving people, you know, pauldrons and not making them brightly colored. We only ever see the pauldrons in A New Hope. I thought there were some ones with pauldrons in... uh, Return of the Jedi, too. Return of the Jedi is not where you should go for Imperial ranking systems because due to a costume malfunction or confusion, all the officers are the same rank. Everybody's a captain or a lieutenant? Uh, I believe it's a captain. Yeah. Three. Three. three, three, Uh, Captain ranks for everybody. You you know what my headcanon is around there? Just to take a quick, like, detour tangent. My headcanon is in order to be involved with the secret Death Star project, you have to be a captain rank rank higher. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> I'm fine with that. that that's my that's my head because <laughs> you have to have a certain clearance. But anyway, so there's a goldie golden stormy, which I'm like, why is he gold? But again, kids show doesn't matter. He's gold. Let's just run with it. He's after the kids. The kids are kind of cornered by the turtle people, and Kaz finds them. The sister gets injured, I think. Right? That's why yeah, they were. Yeah, she broke her leg, and they put herbs on it to heal the broken leg. Right. So apparently, like the the kid's story is that there it, it it was never clear whether or not Tahar was a world or a city or a city or a village or something, but whatever it was, uh, Kylo Ren gets name dropped as a big baddie that came in and destroyed that area, and there's some really big questions around why Kylo Ren would be after these kids, but. So they they do something which I I think was was kind of cool here to resolve this problem because the stormtroopers eventually come and find them, and they do some trickery where there's kind of like a, a grate to the ocean in this room where these turtle people are, and it's established earlier in the episode that the turtle people can like slow their metabolisms down. I hated that so much. Oh, did and you? I'll tell you why. No, no, and it's not that they can do that. It's just that I've watched enough shows. And movies that when I see something that's like, why are they pointing out that the species can slow down their heart rate? Then my brain went, be- because it's going to be used, uh, it's going to be the uh, deus ex right. thing at the end. Deus ex, slow your heart down. Right. That's all <laughs> I, That's all I was waiting for through the episode. I was like, all right, okay. someone, this is going to come into play. I thought it was cool because I, I, like, I like that kind of tricksy stuff. And I think it was this was a simple enough, because they kind of hit it over the head in the beginning, it's simple enough for the kids to be like, put two and two together and be like yeah. okay i get that so yeah and no no i understand yeah. that but so the the stormtroopers come in the kids go you know you'll never get us and they throw themselves down this hole they like, go they go full luke skywalker and empire right the stormies run over and they look down and there's a big splash and there's a stormtrooper with a, a scanner on his back and he takes that off and searches for life signs finds no life signs and then it's revealed that they were just kind of like in the the ledges. Weirdly, that sensor doesn't pick up the six life forms that are less than a foot below him. But that's that's <laughs> fine. It's it's, <laughs> it's very narrow, very directional. Yeah, very directional. Shotgun sensors. Uh, <laughs> and so yeah, uh, they're they're just kind of h- hanging out underneath the bottom of the what would you call it catwalks? 
Yeah. Kind of the catwalks and that one of the turtle people took the plunge. And since it's a turtle person, they can survive in water. Two of them did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They can slow their heart rate down and trick tricked them and then they left. And now those children are living on the platform where everybody knows what they look like because well, of the bounty. Well, there's, they're, they're staying with the turtle people down in engineering. Toidle. Toidle. And then I think the idea is, like, they stay there until they can get out. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, until, good until, enough. Until those herbs heal that girl's leg. Right. <laughs> Fix the bone. Space herbs. I mean, Kaz points out that she needs a splint, and they're like, we're just going to put herbs on top of it. Like, <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> well, whatever, a, whatever you say. There's a lot of those weird, um, roommate Mike calls it fanboying things, like, that we can complain about, but in the long run, like... Who cares? Like, yeah. It, doesn't, it really does not matter. No, it doesn't. These are just, you know. Unless it comes back in, like, season three where they find that girl still under there with a broken leg. Un- unsure <laughs> why her leg isn't healing. <laughs> and they'll be like, oh, okay, there's a story plot. And now it matters, but, whew, that was. <laughs> what a stretch. <laughs> I'm glad I stuck to it. I had two other notes for this episode. The first one, I had three, actually. The first one was, uh, I like Aunt Z. Like I and I and I I wonder maybe this is just because life days are on the corner, but I wonder if she was supposed to be like B. Arthur from the holiday special in the cantina, because mm. she kind of reminds me of that. Well, in the holiday special, B. Arthur just wants everyone's to be friends. Right. She does this by singing a song by rhyming the word friend with the word friend, and the great thing about that is the repetition of the word friend. <laughs> You're welcome. And that has what to do with Aunt Z? Nothing. Okay, good. Absolutely nothing. Uh, <laughs> and uh, a really, really dumb side note. Uh, you know how Star Wars likes to take, these days, they like to take uh, designs and, and things from Legends and bring them into canon. Captain Doza's protocol droid kind of looks like the, the Sith protocol droids from the Old Republic MMO. Just a interesting little side note. And then I really like... How the First Order seems to need to compromise. Going back to your note on, on like, Tatooine, you know, like, they're kind of tolerated there. But even there, we know from some comics that Darth Vader basically walked in and told Jabba the Hutt what the deal was going to be. Yeah. And the First Order can't, doesn't seem to be able to do that. Like, they don't have that same power. Well, this takes place before... Uh, Force Awakens, right? And the First Order didn't really reveal themselves to the galaxy until they blew up Hosnian Prime, right? So at this point, there's still kind of like that that fringe group out there, which is why the I I think that the Republic is isn't officially getting involved with it. They're like, oh, they're just out there, whatever, right? Overtly, not even hiding it, supporting the resistance. Yeah, yeah. So I I I like that though. It it provides another. It provides another difference yeah. between the we're, First Order and the Empire. We're, we're seeing the First Order, like you said, like they need to make compromises. Well, they need to make those compromises so that they can establish their power base. Right. So they don't have their power base yet. I did like that when Captain Doza asked why these asked Phasma why these children were important. She said, oh, they're children of a high-ranking family, uh-huh. a non-military family, which... Makes me think of other, like, real-world connections where, you know, these, these giant military forces weren't just military. There was a, a civilian aspect to them, or right. people funding them. 
Right. Which is what I think it means. A, a important first order family means a family with a lot of money, even though that was a lie. Well, and we, we know from The Last Jedi and our trip to the casino planet that there are wealthy families selling weapons to yeah. the... So, it's a nice little tie-in. One, like, actual complaint I had about this episode for me was that throughout the episode, I can never figure out what Kaz's actual intentions were. Because when he was talking to them, say, the the children saying that he just wants to help them, he legitimately wants to help them, but also get that reward. Well, and I don't think they really made it all that clear that the the bounty that was put on these kids, it wasn't being represented as, like, an actual bounty because kaz took it as oh these kids are missing there's a reward for finding these missing kids you know you see those signs like a uh, missing putt missing dog right there's you don't see bounty for dog you see reward for information right. about a missing dog and so when he's saying he generally wants to help these kids to their face I'm like, well you saying that you want the bounty like well he, he it's usually you don't put bounties on people that aren't criminals i don't want to say that like well, that but so so there there are two there are two things about that there, the first thing is like that might just be like we're looking at that from a our perspective in universe that just might be like the thing you know i have a bounty on a missing dog or whatever and the other thing is like he legitimately says to that like whether or not like he again he's kaz he's goofy he doesn't no things <laughs> and he legitimately says to them yeah i'll make a little money but i'll also get you to the yeah, people well, who that, miss you that's that's where it got confusing for me because it says i thought he was i thought he was pretty clear it's but. a bounty but he takes that as oh these kids are in trouble not these kids are trouble sure and that's that's what confused me about it because it it was like he legitimately was trying to help him, and I get that. Well, let's okay. I just had a thought. Let let's let's scale back. Let's let's go. Let's look at it from a macro perspective. Kaz says, you know, he's grown up in the fir- in, in in the New Republic like all his life. All he knows is is the New Republic. Yep. And he all he knows is their way of life, their way of doing things. And it sounds like they're pretty shielded from the the especially because he's got like a senator dad, so he's pretty shielded from like the outside rough and tough world. So maybe that's just his he doesn't understand that people would go out hunting other people because of his upbringing. That's that's super stretching. I I know that. I'm stretching hard, but I don't know, maybe yeah. My reaction to hearing comments like that uh, is always to like, okay, how can I make it work in the canon? We, there's no reason to really dwell on this all that much longer. Oh yeah, in, no, in no, the no. long run, it I mean, again, nothing. it doesn't matter. Yeah, but I just I thought it was it's just, an just a, yeah, it was an interesting turn interesting of phrase script because Phasma also says that it's not really a bounty; it's a reward for getting these kids back to their parents. And I'm doing quotation marks on my microphone. Still not realizing that it's a microphone and not a camera. Oh yeah, I was um, doing, I was doing. Big <laughs> you're old waving hand gestures. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I mean, it's the the first order put the bounty out out on them, and at the same time, they're also saying it's not really a bounty; it's more of a reward, reward. sort of thing. Even though all they're just going to do is kill the kids, and it's kind of a bounty. They anyway, they don't have lost ads in Star Wars. It's yeah, all bounties. I guess all the just, time. Everything's bounties. <laughs> it's a it's like Craigslist, but it's just bounty lists. <laughs> It's, it's like gotta be a thing. I wanna. I have a. I have a bounty out for a an armchair, five dollars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
So yeah, any any last uh, last things on on the children of Tar? Not not to beat a dead horse, but or what's a uh, I feel Fodier? like if I, if I yeah, but that sounds like sad and upsetting. Yeah, they're so it, adorable. I, I'm legitimately upset with the, the uh, fact that I said that. Lo- loath horse. Loath horse. I'm sure there's horses. Well, how, can, can we just like not have animal cruelty in our? <laughs> no, not, not to beat a dead at at. How dare you? It's already beaten. Let it rest. Um, I hate that. Like, I hate that what I'm about to say is that like my biggest um, issue with this episode is also something I really like that took away that builds Kaz's character is that uh-huh. he sees bounty and his first thing is I need to help these kids. Right. Even if ulteriorly he's ulteriorly that's not a thing. But y'all know what I'm trying to say. Uh, he's, Alternatively, he's, no, no. His ulterior motive is ulterior motive ability. Art, art, artisanal. I don't like that this episode is making me not know how to say <laughs> these words in the correct tense. But the the fact that his first instinct is, oh, I see kids; they must need help, even right. if his his goal is, I need to get money so Tam doesn't so, throw wrenches at me anymore. So I oh, spanners, eat. excuse me, they're not wrenches. Uh, hydro spanner. Hydro spanner. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I thought that episode just really helped to kind of build Kaz out to be the the Star Wars hero archetype of right. More, he's more like at this point he's more like Han, where he's he's kind of cocky, kind of oversells what he can do, and is he'll do the right mm. thing when it benefits him. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I I think it's less of that. More I dash. I think he's doing. I think he's more doing the right thing despite the fact that it would benefit him because like he could have just been like because not turning those kids in doesn't benefit him at all but he still didn't turn them in yeah you know what i mean well once he found out that the bounty was because they well right want them dead i'm pretty sure what han <laughs> would do is turn them in get paid and then free them maybe you know what i mean maybe if he wasn't gonna get any glory he's not coming back exactly so and we're talking new hope han not yeah solo han uh, maybe more like solo han yeah he's he's more of a solo han yeah yeah okay yeah i see what you're saying i see i see what you're getting at um okay moving on moving on single from sector six last episode i wrote no notes for this i just i was just enjoying it yeah, I uh, this one I had a lot of fun with because uh, we had we we got off the platform for an episode, we got off of uh, the Colossus. Uh, Poe comes and uh, they may, yeah they do an aerial rendezvous and yep. uh, uh, he has to Cass has to make a a jump from the shuttle to an uh, an X wing that's being piloted by by an, uh, an another, astromech yeah another BB unit. Uh, which he doesn't make because he doesn't jump. He gets <laughs> rammed off by uh, BB-8. by BB-8. He just wants <laughs> to go see go see Papa Poe. Yep. And uh, so there, there's a there's a little bit of hey, good work on all this information you're giving us, which is like to my count so far three pieces of <laughs> nice to know but not really useful pieces of information. Cap. Captain Doza may or may not be making a deal with the First Order or not. There's a place called Tahar that no one's ever heard of that somebody named Kylo Ren's been at. Right. Good luck. And oh, what's was anything from one into uh, the first three? I don't think there was any. No, any not info. particularly. So 
He's given incredibly shady uh, evidence at best. Which is, uh, good work, kid! First response <laughs> Twitter news is what, what he's uh, delivering. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> that sounds about right. So, he, <laughs> as, a, as a gift for this shoddy information, Poe brings him an X-Wing, and they're just going to go fly around, I guess. Yeah, stretch your wings. Which, I wonder if they had, like, an actual mission that they were going to do, but then got distracted uh, being in a television well, show. Well, like, Poe's Poe's whole thing was he was going to give Kaz some info, and the best way to do that is not via transmission, I guess. Mm-hmm. And also, he, you know, I, I like the little moment they had where he's like, besides, I'm a pilot like you, I know you're, like, going stir-crazy down there, so um, let's let's go on a little fly. Poe gives him some lessons on how to do some crazy maneuvers. Uh, crazy maneuver being go up vertically very fast. Uh, Which is, if they're, like I was telling you when we were watching it, they were just flying some Battlestar, Galacti- uh, Battlestar Galactica Vipers. They could have made that maneuver easy as pie because those uh, Vipers have uh, directional thrusters so they can... They can do 90-degree turns in space. See, the thing that I enjoy about this part of the conversation, John, is that, for once, I actually know what you're talking about. Well, they think Also, it's don't a... fly at asteroids, guys. Yeah, it's just not even for fun. No. Don't, don't do that. Only do it if you're escaping the Empire. Right. And you need a place to set down. Right. And don't do it in a space worm. Yeah. The space worms are not conducive to... Living. Living. They're, you are conducive to their digestion. Hmm. Yeah, so circle of life kind of thing. Yeah, you know, one with the force. And we brought it back to Exogorth. Thanks, you guys, for listening to this week's episode <laughs> of Broth Pockets. Broth Pockets featuring Exogorths. So they're flying around the asteroid belt, and they get a signal from. Where's it from? Like sector like nine? It's from sector six. No way. I know. It's, it's like crazy. in the episode they said it. Right. This ship. Happens to be I so I loved when they first came across the ship because Poe's like that's a Darius class blah 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 and the way that Oscar Isaac says it it sounds like Oscar Isaac isn't sure what he's saying <laughs> it'd be like if I look out the window of my apartment right now and I'm like hey Ian that's a 1958 Chevy Squabble Blob and you're like you know I'm lying but like you're not sure yeah I'm like because you don't know about the Squabble Bob as I, much I as I do. I can't disprove that it's a squabble blob because I've never seen a squabble blob. <laughs> that was a fun noises, <laughs> but yeah. So, I, so they 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 find the ship that's been attacked by pirates, uh, that is currently still being attacked by pirates on the insides. Yes, they they pick up some life forms and they decide to investigate. Uh, one one very dumb complaint I had was Kaz is a military trained pilot. It's it's talked about in the episode that he's a military trained pilot, and yet he is not given a blaster <laughs> to go and investigate the pirate raid. I don't, I don't think they. I I think that's because there wasn't another blaster to give him. That if there wasn't another blaster to give him, then they are not equipping their X wings correctly. There needs to be a sidearm inside every I, single one of those X wings. I'm, I'm pretty sure that the sidearm <laughs> is on the pilot and not on the ship. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Very, very dumb complaint. <laughs> but, uh, so they, they get in there, uh, and they find the place is powered down, and there are cages of living things that have been opened. 
and they watch some pirates get Hulk smashed by something. Uh, and the rest of the episode is them running around this ship trying to figure out what happened. And uh, there were two living living creatures other than pirates on that ship, John. Two species of two... living things. There was a lot of living things on that ship. Right. What what were the two species of living things? Uh, one is, what were they called? Kavor- Kavokian monkey lizards? Yeah. The I things keep wanting to say Kavorkian, and that is That's inappropriate. Um, or, <laughs> yeah. The salacious crumb monkey rats. And they're adorable. They're just running around. Being obnoxious, stealing Poe's blaster, po? shooting at Poe. Poe <laughs> says my favorite Poe line ever. I hate, I hate monkeys. I hate monkeys. I hate them so much. I hate them so much. I love his comments, and you could really hear Oscar Isaac coming through, and hating like, monkeys. And <laughs> no, you could really hear the fact that you know Oscar Isaac was putting his all into in the performance, and it felt like Poe. You know, it was Poe, and it was a very Poe thing to say. And, and he hates monkeys. He hates them so much. I, I loved his comments about them. Uh, and then there was a large one. John? A large one that was just smashing up pirates. John, tell me about the large one. What was, uh, I think it was a Kavokian monkey or ape lizard, I believe is the official term that Pablo Hidalgo put out. Something like that. And and it... it's 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 the same thing as the monkey lizard. Or the, the monkey, yeah, monkey, monkey lizards. lizards. Yeah. Um, which Ian made the funny laugh for a visual reference. Just think of Jabba's little laughing side buddy down there that just like ate stuff and laughed at Jabba. Luke. <laughs> Doing that sort of thing. Uh, it's like one of those, but all of the sizes bigger. Imagine you took Salacious Crumb and the Hulk and you put them together into one creature. That's was this thing. What was what was the joke going around? Uh, the Black Series Rebels had dubbed it the uh, Swolacious Crumb. Swolacious Crumb. Or still Swolacious G Crumb. And the G stands for games. <laughs> uh, those guys, they, they have the best comebacks for things. Yeah, this thing was large and in charge. Uh, so trying to run away from that thing, they, they find a, a young lady in a crate. Young lady half wearing stormtrooper armor. Yeah. So John, they pull the lady out of the crate. John and I both noticed that the bottom half of her is stormtrooper armor. And this was like the turtle slowing down their heart rate. I'm like, right. all right. So I know exactly yeah. what this is. Well, I know what's happening. And, <laughs> and I said it out loud too. I was just like, okay, so she's a pirate, right? And John's like, uh, uh-huh. yeah. Well, when we watched it, I had an actual, I had, I had watched half of the episode and then I turned it off <laughs> and went to bed. And then when we watched it, I, I hadn't watched up to that part yet. So, I actually didn't know. But, I mean... But, yeah. It was obvious. So... Good they, guys don't carry thermal detonators. Right. So, they get her on to the... Except for that one time where they all did. And then Vader used the Force to pull the pins on all of their thermal detonators. And then they all blew up. It was in a comic. Oh. Is that the one where he's like, all I'm surrounded by is fear and dead men? Yep. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I like uh, that one. But, so, so they take the unconscious lady off of the Swolacious Crumb uh, ship. I'm pretty sure it's his ship now. He can have it. Yes. <laughs> Enjoy. He earned it. <laughs> and brought her back to Jaeger. 
And Poe was just like, hey, take her to the platform, get her healed up, and then let her go. Mm-hmm. And then Jaeger was like, this is a terrible idea. And then Kaz was like, no, I agree with Poe. And Jaeger says, this is a terrible idea. And then it was a terrible idea, because it turns out she was a pirate. Yeah, they uh, made a very big deal. This is another turtle thing. That's what I'm just going to refer to yep, it from now on. another turtle thing. Um, they made a really big deal several times to point out that they were going to get her registered. Yep. So it's some that has to mean something. Right. But it didn't mean anything in this episode other than she was registered. I guess it means that the the security droids won't attack her? I guess. It's like it's like having an ID card, I suppose. Yeah. So she gets in, she gets registered, she immediately ditches Kaz because I mean who wouldn't Right. Um No, don't say that. And Kaz is she, good people. She calls up her boss, which is the uh the Quarren General Veers. From the first episode, the Quarren General Veers. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yes, I was. I was talking. Was it you? I was talking with probably about this about the Quarren mask. No, I was talking with friend of the show Tim. Right, uh, and I was like, yeah, the the moment that guy came on screen the first time, I I was on eBay seeing if I could get any like high quality Quarren masks. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's awesome. So that was it for that episode. I yeah, mean, uh... I think we covered most of it. Well, there was a there was a little bit of uh, there was some there was some droid uh, jealousy happening because the the BB unit that Poe's been flying with is not BB eight, and then when BB eight came back and Poe was all over BB eight, the other droid was jealous. But then BB eight saved this other droid from the monkey lizards, and there there was some droid love, <laughs> and droid love is is valid love, kids. Don't uh, don't discriminate. We know BB-8 identifies as male. Yeah, or at it... least hasn't corrected anybody. Right. What about the other droid? Do well, you remember if there was any? Yeah, they, used? they they used she. Okay. Poe used she. There, I was but it make, doesn't matter. I was gonna don't, make a binary don't... joke. <laughs> a binary code joke, but uh, don't don't assume the droid's gender. I'm not gonna. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> even even in the context. So, I'm just going to move on from that. So, yeah. Uh, Hi. Hi, Ian. <laughs> I was, there, there was a point, too, where they were escaping, and uh, there were the pirate ships were coming in, and they had a bit of a space battle, and I was hoping for I more. I forgot about it. <laughs> yeah, I, I was hoping for more from that, because, you know, the, this show really hyped up the the ship's the importance of flying the ships and mm-hmm. being a pilot. And, uh, I know it's only six episodes in, but like six episodes, it's like, you know, that can, for some shows that's half a season. And, and do we know how many episodes is getting? I would assume 24. We really should look that stuff up. And yeah. Be more professional. No, we're, 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 we're not. No, we're, we're totally professional, yep. but you know, I, I'd like to see, I'd like to see some more, some more flying about. Uh, and because the ship models look fantastic, yeah, they. they I mean, do. I, I've I've complained about the style of animation before of the character models, right? But the ship models look fantastic in this medium. Yeah, so I was hoping I was hoping for a little bit more there from from the space battle thing. The the last comment I have is uh, Jaeger at the end of the episode is just like, if this doesn't turn out well, it's your fault, Kaz. And I'm like, technically, wouldn't it be Poe's fault? <laughs> 
Poe was the one who told him to do it. <laughs> Don't get mad at the kid. Uh, any last minute things on uh, Signal from Sector 6? No. 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 Uh, yeah. You got anything else uh, you just thought about of any other episodes? You know, not not particularly. Uh, I think they had a good good flow, uh, one into the other. Um, I think that this time around, since since we had already watched the first three episodes and kind of acclimated to Resistance, mm-hmm. I, I was able to kind of. I, I was more relaxed when we were watching these ones. Like I was already like, okay, yeah, you know, I know what to expect, and I was able to have a lot more fun. You know, yeah. just just sitting around i i thought that i you know i was laughing with the with some of the jokes and the you know it's a good time and it's been it's been a fun show and i'm I'm looking forward to seeing what else Uh, yeah the the only other thing i had to add was in that in the uh children of tahar episode we find that uh kaz is uh, actually going to be reporting to you uh hello Oh yeah, yeah, and not not directly with um, Poe Dameron. Right. You, you you had a comment about that. Uh, Why did Kaz ever? Get... Oh, the, yeah, 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 yeah. So the first episode, Kaz is a Republic pilot. He is a member of the Republic Navy. He is now no longer a pilot of the Republic Navy. Who gave him clearance to s- stop flying? Right. Or do they just assume he's dead because he didn't jump back with the rest of his <laughs> his team? Maybe that's it. Yeah, that could be Okay, it. that's my headcanon until... Until um, it's corrected. Well, he's... He talked to his dad, didn't he? He... Yes, he did. Hmm. He's a deserter. He's basically what all rebel forces are. Yeah, there you go. He's just a bad... Bad egg. Stop it. He's a bad person. Stop it. Good person. Good people, John. Remember when he wanted to sell children? <sighs> so he could buy drinks? You... You will... You will no longer talk about this subject. You ever thought about how... Mind tricking somebody is just imposing your will on someone else. It seems pretty dark side to me. Thank you, everybody, for joining us for this episode of Hot Topics, a podcast about Star Wars. Uh, I've been Ian. Well, seriously, you're imposing your own will upon the weak-minded. That's a Jedi term. That's been John. If you want to get a hold of us, go ahead and feel free to at us on Twitter at Hothpod. If you want to send us an email, it's hothpod at gmail.com. You can always check out all of our other articles and episodes and other great, amazing things at our website, hothtopicspodcast.com. Don't forget to check out the Kessel Toy Run going on from right now to December 20th. We have more information about that uh, floating around somewhere. Should be on our Twitter. Should be on their Twitter. Should be on lots of places. Yeah. Just, just, just get in that Google Type up that Kessel Toy Run. Go, uh, go donate some stuff. Yep, we gotta, we gotta figure out how we're shipping our stuff, huh? Yes, I don't think we mentioned in the the little ad thing, whatever you call that promotion thing that yeah. we're, we'll be adding to every other playlist until December. Yep, podcast until December, not playlist. Playlist of podcasts. Listen all the time. The guy organizing it has an Amazon wish list where you can easily find stuff to purchase and ship. Right. Straight through that. You can purchase items and ship them yourselves. Right. He does have a P.O. Uh, box. He just requests that it is all Star Wars stuff. Yeah. Keep with the Star Wars theme. Make sure it's new. Give, give kids Star Wars toys. It's a great cause. And Star Wars is, is great with healing. And I know this personally. Consider this holiday season. Donating to the Castle Toy Run. Check it out. I've been Ian. That was John. I think that's it.
Yeah, that's it. Squabbly blush. Squabbly? It's a it's a Toyota it's squabbly, squabbly blush. blush. Oh, that's up there playing whack bat. Oh, I, uh, okay, we need more whack bat in schools. 